Greetings, adventures, and welcome to GNGG Cast. Welcome, everyone, to Good Night and Good Game, your Geek News Roundup for the week that was. I'm your host, James, and with me this week, as always, is my co host, Hector. Hello. It feels weird to say that. Yeah. Putting that out in no, the ether. Yep. It, it, you know, it felt weird hearing it. Yeah. Yep. It's just here we are. There's going to be a lot of that today. It's going to be a lot of weirdness. Yeah. yeah. Tony, rest in peace. He peacefully passed away from the show. Yes. <laughs> he is He is super alive, by the way, for anyone who knows he's the currently, show. He's currently walking the dog. Yes, yes. And, and not in a metaphorical dead way. He's super alive. Yeah. Um, if, the game, if the entire episode feels a little bit janky, this is my first time in a very long time actually trying to produce the show. Yes. James is now writer slash producer, (laughs) and it's a big promotion. (laughs) It's a big promotion with no additional pay. Right. It is is a title bump only. (laughs) And this week on the show, after the news, we're going to be giving you our predictions for the Game Awards. Uh, Before we start, don't forget that you can head over to goodnight.gg, where the patron of our show, you can suggest topics for us to talk about. Uh, We finally have some free time coming up. The holidays are mostly over. Christmas is is in front of us, but we got free time. Mm -hmm. So we're going to be getting that PT episode out very shortly. Yes. With all... All that out of the way, it is time for the prelude. Prelude. All right, this is the prelude. This is what we've been doing with ourselves this week. What we've been playing, what we've been watching, what's been occupying our free time. Hector, what have you been doing this week? Well, most of my free time was occupied by Thanksgiving, Mm -hmm. uh, like the rest of us. Uh, I went home to uh, see my family, had a grand old time. Uh, me and my mom watched uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. She oh, hadn't nice. seen that yet. Uh, she loved it. She thought it was very cool. I love um, that your tradition with your mother when you get to visit her is you guys just binge Marvel shit. Yeah, we binge Marvel stuff. And some and this one was funny because to to her credit, um, she hadn't seen Captain America: Civil War in about four years. Right. So we get through the show, and I'm like, "Do you remember?" And she's like, "Nah." And I'm like, "Do you remember this?" And she's like, "Nah." So it's like, "All right." We get all the way through the show, uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, and then we go back and do uh, Civil Civil War, and she's like. <laughs> okay. It all makes sense. Zemo though. was way cooler in the first thing. I was like, yes, <laughs> yes, 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 he, he was. was. Yes, yes, he was. But that leads me from Thanksgiving, and because what we also did, and what I also did, I don't know if you have yet, mm-hmm. but we watched the first two episodes of Hawkeye. I have. Matt Fraction's Hawkeye. <laughs> it is definitely Matt Fraction's Hawkeye. It is absolutely Matt Fraction's Hawkeye. We had the first two episodes. Um, I think the first two episodes were carried... Almost entirely by the strength of the actors. Haley Steinfeld and uh, Jeremy Reiner are incredible. Mm-hmm. There's, I feel like we're in the beginnings of a show uh, where, like, I, I don't know, it, it's taking, there's something going on with the pacing. It's taking a minute to get going. There's been a lot of people saying, like, yeah, it seems a little bit slow mm-hmm. or something along those lines. Yeah, but. like, I'm sure it'll be all great in retrospect, or maybe it won't, but it really should be considering the source material, which is excellent and you should yeah. read it. Um, but, uh, I, I don't dislike it. I'm kind of ragging on it a lot, but it, yeah. it was a lot of fun. Um, yeah. I watched yeah. the first two episodes. I'll say that I felt the second one was a bit stronger than the first, but I yes. feel like that I feel like it's the momentum, right? Mm-hmm. We, for episode one was like, we need to set up Kate Bishop. And now that she's set up and we have her world established, we mm-hmm. can then go from there. Now it can get crazy. Now the things can happen. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and that seems really cool. Like, like I, I'm definitely looking forward to watching more. Yeah. Uh, let's see. What else did I do? And I can't even talk about it in front of you. But I went on a very emotional journey with the finale of the Great British Break Off. Oh yeah, and uh, yeah, and um, you can't talk about it. To me. I, I'm I can't. Not there I yet. can't. I literally can't say anything except that it was a wonderful finale and a wonderful ending to a wonderful season of that show. This might Probably, be one of the best seasons ever. Yeah, it's the best season that I've certainly seen in several years. Yeah. So I, I'm love. I loved every minute of it all the way to the end. Um, 
everything made sense. I didn't feel bad about anything. Yeah. It, it was all just awesome. Now that, um, now, now that it's just the two of us on the show, mm-hmm. it's so so fucking weird to say that. It's, yeah. it's fucking awkward to say it. It is awkward. I can ask this question without feeling like either one of us will be made fun of. Have you been watching Grey's Anatomy? I have been watching Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> I think I'm about two <laughs> episodes behind, though. Yeah. And, well, well, there wasn't one for Chris for, for Thanksgiving, I mean. Yeah. Right? So I may only be one episode behind. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yes, I have been, and it's great, and <laughs> everyone should be watching it. You can watch the entire thing it's on so Hulu. Wholesome. You, no, no, wait. You can watch it all on Netflix, except for the current season, which, yeah, which you can on watch Hulu. on Hulu. Yeah. Um, and since we all all have all of these things, it, it's fine. Like, <laughs> yeah. like just do that. Uh, it's a great show. It, it's always relevant. Um, and it's, uh, you know, just good medical drama, if that's your thing. I like medical drama better than, you know, police procedurals because, yeah. you know, ACAB. <laughs> Uh, let's see, on my side of the world for what I've been doing this week, uh, I am sitting currently in a very nice new chair. Yeah. Uh, I, got, I got a Secret Labs Overwatch chair. Fuck yeah. Um, it is very comfortable. Uh, Can so, confirm. so here's the thing, and the reason I'm mentioning that is that I, I haven't been playing a lot of computer games for a long time because um, I've had this kind of crappy like Ikea office chair, which is good enough for like when we're doing the show, Sure, <laughs> as it is a chair that Hector's currently sitting oh, in. Oh yeah, it's pretty comfortable. Um, but for extended gaming things, it, it wrecks my back. Yeah. I'm just finally at that point. And I never wanted to drop a lot of money for an office chair. And all the reviews were like, oh, it's so good. So I got it. And it's amazing. Mm-hmm. I, I'm in love with my chair. Um, but the reason I mentioned that is outside of the two of us playing Overwatch, mm-hmm. one of the things that I got to do this week was I got to play a computer game for the first time in ages because I couldn't sit at my computer. Yeah. Um, so I played Amnesia, a machine for pigs. Mm-hmm. Now there's this beautiful video online. If you haven't seen it, it's called um, Why Do Horror Games Sound So Beautiful? Mm-hmm. And in there, specifically, one of the songs they talk about is the end song from uh, Amnesia, a machine for pigs. Now at its core, Amnesia is kind of a walking simulator. You don't die very often. Um, it's a lot about ambiance story. It's about creeping you out as you walk through the environments. Um, it's a game that's always been, uh, I've been wanting to play forever and I finally got the chance. I was just like, you know, I have this new gaming chair. Let's try it out, see how it goes. And I got to not only play what is ostensibly one of the most beautiful horror games that I've ever played. And it's so sad and it's so tragic. And Ooh. it like the music, Jessica Curry's score to it is just I, I wish more people talked about this game because, yes, while it is just a walking walking simulator, uh, for the most part, there's so much, there's so many layers to it because it, it ultimately begs the question: If you knew what the future of the world was, right, right, the main mm-hmm. the main character at its core got to see the future and he saw World War One and World War Two happen, and then had to ask himself: Now with this knowledge, do I try and change what happened? Yeah. Do I sacrifice everything that I love? to try and make the world a better place and where it goes in the story is so sad. And like, I just, I, again, I feel like more people should be talking about this. Mm. Um, outside of that, I've been, I obviously watched the first two episodes of Hawkeye. Yeah. We'll watch the uh, third this weekend. been watching LA by night and working on my vampire, the masquerade Chronicle Austin by night. Uh, and I've been playing a little bit of a o- old game that I loved growing up. Uh, it's called line greaser. Um, uh, people know it here Lang in the Greaser. States. Uh, it was called War Song back when it was released here in the States. Okay. Um, and it was a, for the Genesis and for the SNES. And it's a just 
it is one of the OG turn-based tactical RPGs. Oh, um, so okay. everybody's like super like anime, but they're all like eighties, nineties anime, not like weird anime that we have now. <laughs> um, and you know, it's just a simple like knight or like a prince trying to reclaim his kingdom story. Okay. It's it's honestly the game that got me into tactical RPGs. But they re-released it for the Switch and stuff with like some updated graphics and like you know, it's very cheap. And one of the things that came in the package was um, it comes with Lang Greaser one and two. Uh, we never got two in the states, so we got uh, oh. we got War Song, but never the sequels to it. And there was like a million sequels. Like they, I think to this day they're still pumping out sequels to this game. Oh wow, okay, yeah. Um, so it's a gorgeous game, and it just takes me back to my childhood. It's one of those games that I would load up every year, like Symphony of the Night, and just mm-hmm. do a playthrough of it. Sure. And now I get to do it with updated graphics. And in this version of the game, they actually have like branching paths and stuff. So I think when you play through the game the first time, you play like the set path, but when you play it the second time, there might be challenges or something that pop up on the battlefield that allow you to take an alternate story. Gotcha. And so you get to see the story for through different eyes or get like an alternate ending where like maybe the war didn't happen the same way that you played through it the first time. So it's a really great way of kind of revisiting my childhood, but being able to do it in a way where it's new and different and fun. It's a way to really kind of remaster such an old product and make it feel like it's something brand new. Very cool. All right, well, that's everything that we have for the prelude this week. We're going to take a small break, and when we come back, we'll be going into the Weekly Raid. Weekly Raid. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the show. This is the Weekly Raid, our news roundup for the week. So let's get weird to kick things off. A few years ago, there was a pitch to make a universal movie around Dracula's henchman, uh, Renfield. And, uh, well, it was called Renfield. Okay. So as of this week, we know a lot more about this movie. So... We've got Ryan Ridley, who works uh, writing for Rick and Morty, doing the script for it. Okay. We have uh, Nicholas Holt, who you probably know from Warm Bodies or Mad Max Fury Road, is playing Renfield. Nicholas Cage is playing Dracula. <laughs> and we don't know what her role is, but Aquafina was cast in the movie this week also. By the way, this movie will be taking place in modern times and will be, quote, comedic in tone. Okay, so... And this is in my head, and I'm suddenly going to be very disappointed if this isn't the case. Aquafina is a sarcastic flying CG bat. <laughs> like, see come that. on. It would be so much fun. That would be great. No, this sounds awesome. I mean, Nicolas Cage's Dracula sounds like... the His dream job. Like, literally what he was born... Like, he, like someone offered this to him, and he was like, I was born for this. And like yeah, that's really. how seriously he's taking this part, and everyone else is like, everybody's gonna be goofing the fuck. All off. right, dude, chill. And he's like, I am chilling, <laughs> <laughs> right? I can see that though, and that's one of the reasons I love Nicolas Cage as an actor is like he's so over the top, and he's like in on his own joke. Yeah, no, that's the thing. Like Nicolas Cage, I was trying to explain this to my mom over the weekend. Actually, there's this spectrum of actors where from good to bad, and there's definitely the bad kind of good actors at uh, uh, Johnny Depp and the good kind of bad actors at, uh, I don't know, Bruce Campbell. Yeah. Um, and somewhere perfectly in the middle of this entire web and nexus of actorly chops is Nicolas Cage, yeah. who can give you the most outstanding performance 
uh, you've ever seen, and also the hammiest, dopiest, shittiest thing you've ever seen in the same scene. Yeah, like like he can do like all of this and more, and that's that's Nicolas Cage. So yeah. yes, and then then the, the the more of a caricature he can play, the better. They're like the the more outrageous he can be, the more comfortable he is. Mm-hmm. It's it's great. Yeah, there's this really great story about the making of Into the Spider Verse, right? So he's mm. playing um Sp- Spider Man Noir. Yeah, Spider Man right? Noir. That's right. And he came in and like took it very seriously, and it was very dark and gritty. And at some point, like the like voice uh, the director is like called cut, and he's like, "Oh, well, like did I do something wrong? Like what's going on?" Mm-hmm. And he's like, "All right, so how do I put this without being offensive? Could you Nicholas Cage this role a little bit more?" Yeah, Nicholas Cage it up, and and like that's all the direction he needed. He's like, "Oh, you want me to like really go at it?" And that's why we got the character that we got in, oh, in the Spider Verse. Yeah, and, and a totally perfect character in a probably historically perfect movie yeah one of the best superhero movies of all time oh yeah changed the game rewrote the book it's a wonderful oh, movie. now that i have a 4k tv i want to go watch into the spider verse you have to you should do it immediately <laughs> yeah i recently upgraded my tv i'm very excited about it it came in today and how hector helped me put it up mm-hmm. <laughs> he's, he's not just here for to be a pretty face y'all that's right i've got arms and legs <laughs> too uh hayao miyazaki has announced that he's coming out of retirement again yeah. To make another last movie that is going to be an adaptation of the 1937 novel, How Do You Live? The movie is, quote, a story about a 15-year-old boy in Tokyo who wanders into the city and is overwhelmed. Uh, the watching self, the self being watched, and furthermore, the self becoming conscious of all of this. The self observing itself by itself from afar. All of those various selves overlapped in his heart, and he suddenly becomes, uh, suddenly begins to feel dizzy. This is the most anime shit I've ever heard in my entire <laughs> life. All the way from Hayao Miyazaki coming back to make a final, 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 final movie <laughs> to the premise, which is just, it, it's wonderful. He, he won't let Studio Ghibli die. He's no, like, no, no. <laughs> and it, it, like he won't let them make movies without him right. is the thing. And I, I can't complain i thoroughly enjoyed his last three last movies they were amazing (laughs) please keep making every movie like it's your last like it's so good i think hell's moving castle was supposed to be his last movie probably i that that (laughs) that might be my favorite Uh, it's hard to pick yeah it is very hard to pick you know obviously princess mononoke absolutely yeah it's almost like i don't have a favorite ghibli movie because i can't compare them to each other that i have to compare them to everything else that is true and that makes them the best of yeah. everything else I compare them to. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's like Just, you compare... What, what is it that... Uh, the, there's a line in a Tarantino movie. I think this is from The Hateful Eight, where he's like, uh, when you compare this... Oh, no, no. Okay, this is Kill Bill. He was talking about the sword made by Hattori Hanzo. Mm-hmm. Is like, hey, check out this Hanzo sword. Is this better or worse than the one you had? He says, "You, when you compare swords, mm-hmm. you compare a Hattori Hanzo sword to every other sword that was never made by Hattori Hanzo. Otherwise, you don't compare them. <laughs> wow. That's yeah. an apt comparison for this. Yeah. I, to me, when I hear this, I, I just think about the poor, like, Studio Ghibli people who are probably all, like, avidly, like, working on another project. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, like, like Miyazaki just kicks open the door <laughs> yeah. and he's like, I've got an idea, y'all. Yeah. It's like, all right, everybody, stop work. We're just yep. going to... Stop drawing whatever shitty thing you're doing and yep. come over here and sit down. We're going to do, we're going to say whatever grandpa wants us to do. 
And by the way, if you've never like seen any interviews or discussions around Miyazaki, it is one of the most brilliant things and is worth 10 minutes of your internet time yep. to just like watch how he takes interviews where he just sits around chain smoking, talking shit about his cat being lazy, mm-hmm. how the world's a horrible place. And then, but like his cartoons are the most colorful, vibrant, beautiful things in the world. And he's yep. like, Wow, you're dark and you make something so beautiful. It's weird. Yep. It, it's like it's like the wrong side of like reverse wholesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But but it, it, it's wonderful and the world would be a much worse place without him and his movies. Yeah. And on the other side of that, you've got Genji Ito who makes all the greatest horror that we've ever known. And oh, every God. Time, yes. Every time there's an interview with Genji Ito, he's just like, I love my cats so much. I made a comic about them. I'm pretty <laughs> sure I've seen a bird land on his shoulder. <laughs> yeah. Like, and then like a rainbow appear behind him in his interviews. And you're just like, how are you so dark? And I'm like, I guess he just gets it out with the stuff that he writes. Yeah, because I mean, crap. if you to look on like some single frames of some of his comics, it's do no true horror. It really it, is. in your soul, <laughs> right? Like, like if Lovecraft could be adapted to a page, that is what Ito does. Yep. Like he makes truly horrific images and he's just like the nicest brightest happiest person being like i love everybody the world's so wonderful and you're like but you write really fucked up things dude yep (laughs) uh it was confirmed this week that tom holland is set to appear in another trilogy of spider-man movies producer amy pascal said that we are ready are getting ready to make the next spider-man movie with tom holland and marvel we are thinking of this as three films uh so what they're currently working on they Mm -hmm. think is is, uh, of as a trilogy Mm -hmm. and now we're getting ready to move on to the next three. Okay. And so this is something that uh, we didn't know if we were going to be getting or not mm-hmm. because Tom Holland had kind of come out and been like, well, you know, like after the Spider-Man movies, I don't know what's going to happen. Right. And then I'm sure Marvel just showed up with like a dump truck full of money. Yeah. And they're just like, look, kid, like, like just, well, just, just shut up during interviews and you're fine. Just, just keep <laughs> right. coming back. People really like you with Spider-Man. And he has a lot of potential to like get older with Spider-Man, which yeah. I like. Which makes also a lot of sense given the fact that I don't know if you knew this, but if you tried to purchase Spider-Man tickets this week, you can't fucking do it. Couldn't do it. Like Hector and I and our movie watching group always have tickets for opening weekend of Marvel films. Yep. Always. Always. Not this weekend. Nope. We are taking a week off and we'll catch it the weekend after. Yep. And, you know, just th- that'll work out how it works out. It'll probably be a very full weekend. Probably like Spider-Man and like The Matrix and like whatever. Oh, I-, I think there's like two other movies coming yeah. out. There's a lot going on. I'm so excited for The Matrix. Oh, fuck yeah. Says the man that's currently wearing a Matrix button-up shirt. By the yep. way, I have a very nice Matrix button-up shirt with all the code on it. It's yeah. great. If you're watching us, yeah, check that out. Yeah. Um. Fucking check these threads. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited for all the movies that are coming out in December, but going back to Spider-Man, obviously, mm-hmm. um, it makes sense. I mean, we saw that this movie is already selling more than Endgame and it hasn't come out yet. Yeah. Apparently, yeah. everybody just saw Doc Ock show up in the trailer and went, well, there's my childhood. Yeah. You have my money. Yeah, and there, there's so many rumors about all the other actors that may or may not be in this. And someone dropped it, and I really hope this isn't in the movie, or maybe I'll also reverse that. I very, very, very much hope it does happen. Mm. But people are like getting so out there with their predictions, and they're like, but what if, like... Emma Stone shows up in a Spider Gwen outfit after the oh rolling credits God. scene. Shut up. Yeah. Shut and I'm up. like, fuck you. I want that so bad. <laughs> So for me, one of the things that excites me about Tom Holland getting signed on for three more Spider-Man films is a point that you just brought up, which mm-hmm. was um, you like the idea of Tom Holland being able to grow into the character of Peter Parker. Mm-hmm. For me, the reason I like that is that given the amount of time between movies, which is usually a, a couple of years, right? Mm-hmm. Um, this does give us the option that we can eventually get Miles Morales 
and he could Peter Parker could be the mentor for Miles Morales. Yeah, no, I would love that. And just like slowly have him take a back door and let Miles yeah. like take over. Yeah, yeah, I would love that. That would be absolutely fantastic. I would love to see that. All right, let's get into some fucking news. News. In why did they say that news? <laughs> Ridley Scott's The Last Duel has tanked at the box office. Duh. Now, according to Scott, and I will definitely quote him here on this one. I think I need to figure out my really sad voice. I think that what this boils down to, <laughs> I don't know if that's a good voice. I'll work on it. <laughs> I think that what it boils down to, what we've got today are that audiences who are brought up on these fucking cell phones. We have the millennium who, who did not ever want to be taught anything unless it was told to them on the cell phone. This is a broad stroke, but I think we're dealing with it right now with Facebook. This is a misdirection that has happened, and it has given the wrong kind of confidence to this latest generation, I think. See, this shit right here is why Tarantino's only making ten films. He didn't want to ruin any of his movies with old man shit. <laughs> like, 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 like that, that, that's an actual Tarantino quote. I don't want to ruin all the, the end of my filmography with a bunch of old man shit. Yeah. And, like, holy fuck... Uh, so I don't, I'm a millennial. I'm not even the elderest of millennials. Millennials get like three and four years older than me. Um, I grew up on VHS, my dude. <laughs> like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Your movie failed because it was badly marketed and was only in theaters for like a week. And that is a major problem with the film industry in general. And it but also has a, like, I think it's rotten tomatoes, like 85% rotten yeah. score. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, the movie might suck too. And But let's not forget how many movies Netflix has released that are just like period drama pieces that probably made had a lot more views than your movie. Right? So, yeah. Every no, time I see a quote like this, I'm just like, holy shit, dude. Like, you need to rein this in. Don't start blaming a generation on why your movie flopped. Maybe look at yourself and be like... I'm not that guy who could make an Aliens movie anymore. Yeah, like, no one even asked him about Marvel movies, and he still just shat all over himself fucking off on the industry. That feeds him. Like, come on. Yeah, there's an entire thing, and I, I wanted to do this maybe as a boss room at some point, but we're, mm. we're in the middle of this discussion anyway, so yeah. here we go. Is that we see these directors who are older directors coming out and saying, like, well, here's the, why my movie didn't do so well. Yep. And it's, it's millennials. It's that people don't understand the craft. Mm -hmm. Everybody wants to just see it on streaming. Um, and there's all these factors. And, and it also comes to your point where you were just saying where they say like, oh, well, I don't think the Marvel movies are really true cinema. And it's like, right. you need to fucking back off your high horse. Yeah, like all the way off of it. And like, get, put it back in the barn. Like, yeah. like, like movies are movies. And these, these amazing projects and these things that we call movies all count. It all counts. Right. Like C cinema uh, is cinema. Like you could sit there and you could grab your phone right now, write your own script, mm -hmm. go film something on your iPhone or your Android phone. And it's cinema. It's yeah. art. You've, you've made a piece of, you know, you've taken something and, and brought it into the world. Yeah. And for people who are high up in the Hollywood industry to say, these are the reasons why my movies fail mm -hmm. is unacceptable because the reason your movie failed is because it failed. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Everybody went and saw Tenant. And they saw it in the theater just the way that you said. In the middle of a pandemic, everybody went to the movies to go see your fucking movie, Tenant, and then said it was bad. Mm -hmm. They risked death to... <laughs> they risked death to see this crappy movie. Yep. 
I saw it multiple times. Just saying, maybe I didn't get it, right? Maybe, maybe I didn't just get Tenet. Mm -hmm. And I walked out of there after like three viewings of it and went, nope, movie was bad. <laughs> I have watched, speaking of Ridley Scott, I have watched Prometheus 10 times, Ooh. minimum 10 times. I'm sorry. Because people just keep telling me like, no, it's really good. You really got to give Prometheus a shot. You love aliens. Obviously, you're going to love Prometheus. No. Nah. 10 fucking times. At least and it wasn't I've, Prometheus 2. And I haven't even been willing to give that one a shot. It's worse. Like Alien Covenant? No. Yeah. Can't even do it. It's like, worse. I'm like, maybe you're yeah, exactly chat. Maybe your movies just suck. Maybe your movies <laughs> just, just suck. fucking deal. Now, with now, it. just just to be fair, and I'll throw this out there, I really do like Tenant, but that, that it's not because I'm smarter than anyone or get it more than anyone. I just like what he was doing. I think he did it too hard, but I like what he did. There are did. things that I appreciated about Tenant. But at the end of the day, I was like, this movie is not great. No, well, it's it, it just, it, you need, you give Christopher Nolan too much money and you just set him loose into the world and this is what he makes. So, so there's a thing that happens with certain types of movies. Um, I'm specifically thinking of David Fincher movies. Perfect example is Fight Club. You watch the yeah. movie the first time, you're like, wow, that was a fucking ride. Mm -hmm. I can't believe I just saw that movie. I like, and like, that was complicated and weird, but I get it. Mm -hmm. And then you watch it the second time and you're like, holy fuck, that's a completely different movie. Mm -hmm. The thing is, when you get to the end of Tenant and you know you need to watch it again and maybe even a third time, mm -hmm. it it's like I don't I don't think I enjoyed that the first time. <laughs> right. You're like, I don't I don't know if I want to dive right back into this. I don't I'm sure I missed a lot, but yeah. I'm it's tired a, it's a complicated though. Thing. But when it comes what it comes down to is in, in all of our ranting here is that when we see these like Hollywood bigwigs come out and just start slandering stuff, and maybe just because we've been in the middle of this pandemic for going on three years now mm -hmm. and we just want happy things and nice things, when people come out and say things like, Well, I don't think Marvel movies are really cinema, or I think that millennials are the reason my movie failed, maybe it's time to check yourself a little bit. Yeah, and also like millennials are forty, dude. <laughs> right. Like, <laughs> like like maybe just check that. But here's here's my final point on the matter. And this is what keeps happening and, and the media loves to stir this shit up. So maybe be better journalists too. All of media journalism. <laughs> All of them. Yeah. Games too. Oh, fuck yeah. Games too. But for directors and, and, and people who make movies in general, whenever you're asked to speak about movies, stop comparing yourselves to other movies. Mm -hmm. Like, and, and stop trying to answer about why your movie failed by blaming other movies or, you know, like basically what Ridley Scott's saying is, is, you know, it, it, uh, my movies failed because Marvel movies are popular or, or my, my, you know, my movie didn't make more money because everyone spent their money to go see fucking Endgame three times or whatever. You had a, a Mad Max Fury Road did not have this problem, by the way. Yeah. Look, <laughs> preach uh, like you never you Okay, so so my my, my my best analogy with this is the, the working condition. If you're making a certain amount of money doing a job and someone else and sitting next to you doing the same job is making more, your fight is not with him. Your fight is with the people above you. Everything is about the people above you. Who released your movie? Who decided when it was going to be released? Who decided how many theater was going to be released in and to what audience? How do they market it? Stop, like, it has nothing to do with millennials or, or, or Marvel movies or anybody else that you see as successful where you're not. It's the process that you went through creating your own thing and the people you fucking signed up with and you need to make sure they're not fucking you over. It's not the people doing the same thing as you, ever. Praise Jesus. There yeah. he goes. 
Went to, we went to church today. God damn. <laughs> Fucking Ridley Scott. Make a good movie again. I miss your good movies. So all I'm hearing from you is maybe don't blame the, lo- the, the lower class. Yeah, yeah. Maybe don't ever blame the lower class for your problems. <laughs> this has become a very different show now that Tony's not here. We're, we're hanging on by a thread, y'all. This is our first time doing it. It's going to get a little crazy. <laughs> Farming Simulator 22 has sold more than 1.5 million copies in its first week, which is a new record for its series and a sentence I never thought that I would be saying out loud. At one point during its launch, Farming Simulator had more active players than Battlefield 2042. God, I love that for them. Um, I'm not going to go off on Battlefield uh, 2042. We don't have time for that. Um, uh, Just for my own personal story, a good friend of mine, uh, Kevin, he's actually been on the show once upon a time. Once upon a time. Um, He... I, I, he's a Steam friend. I see him pop up, you know, whenever he's playing a game. And I noticed he was playing Farm, Farming Simulator 22. And I also noticed he was in Discord with three other people every day playing this Farming Simulator with them. So there's got to be something to this. Right. Like... And it's probably one of the slice of life things. Like, never forget that Euro Truck Driving Simulator is in Steam's, like, top 10 highest rated games of sure. all time. Sure. So... Stuff like this really does capture people's, like, imaginations and makes them feel good while playing it. And I love that it's getting the recognition it deserves um, right alongside stuff like Microsoft Flight Simulator, right? Uh, Where people who, if they can figure out how to fly, just, like, fly home or fly anywhere they wanted to go. I I can't remember if it came out or not. But uh, there was a game that was supposed to come out that was just about mowing the lawn. Yeah. It was a mowing the lawn simulator. Mm-hmm. And, like, it had so many, like, hundreds of thousands of people, like, pre-registering for it. And yeah. Like, fucking yeah, satisfying. I just want a game where I just, like, mow a lawn. I'm like, well, it makes sense. Not a lot of people can afford lawns right now. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, Farming Simulator might be that same thing. We are in a world that is most likely going back into lockdown very soon if this thing keeps going. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's what they need. Maybe they just want to, like, I, I want to know what it means yeah. to be a farmer and do these things. Man, I want to plant some fucking crops and, and, and harvest some grain and shit. <laughs> Chat says that people recognize they need realistic post-apocalypse skills to survive. This is true. I can see that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, nobody saw this. had to be farm simulators, so... What we need a what we need is a very realistic, very down to earth weed growing simulator. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure that's right around the corner. Yeah, like it's got to be. <laughs> I'm excited. I, I was kind of happy for this. It was one of those headlines that I read, and I'm like, this is a joke, right? But then I really thought about it in context of where we are as, as a society, mm-hmm. because we live in a society. If you didn't, know we that, do right? most of the time, and. The world's been kind of shitty lately. Yeah, for like for a little years. while. Yeah, and I was I was really sitting there thinking about it. I was trying to be non-judgmental, and I was like, maybe that's the reason why, though. Maybe just like Animal Crossing did for the for us at the beginning of the pandemic, that's what Farming Simulator is doing right now. Maybe it's people that just want to do a thing, and the world kind of isn't great to be out in right now. Yeah, that's true. Right, so go out, like farm some crops, whatever you do in a farming simulator. And just have fun with it. And you know what? I will never, ever, ever judge. There's no, there's no guilty pleasures in my book. Of course not. Not when it comes to games. Right. Like, you should on. never feel guilty about these kind of things. Yeah. We were talking just at the top of the show about us both catching up on Grey's Anatomy. Yeah, fuck yeah. And a lot of people are like, that's a guilty pleasure. And I'm like, we we here on this show do not believe that pleasure should be guilty. Ple- pleasure is never guilty. <laughs> 
All right. The first Titanfall game is no longer being sold anywhere. The servers will stay up according to Respawn. Titanfall and Titanfall 2 have both been undergoing DDoS attacks recently in an attempt to get Titanfall 3 made. Respawn has said the franchise will continue in some way, but the internet seems to have their doubts. Mm -hmm. I got my doubts, too. Um, Apex is popular, and it makes a ton of money. I don't know if they're just keeping that money or if they're trying to use it to do more projects, but they might just be waiting until Apex runs out of gas. But we were talking um, about Respawn, which is a team that is not only working on Apex, but also had wildly critical success with Jedi Fallen Order. Yeah, exactly. And we know that EA wants them to make another one, and they're probably working on another one right they're now. Prob- yeah, they're almost definitely working on that right now, because I have to imagine the, that first game took a long time to develop. Uh, it's very well done. Um you know, it it has its foibles and, and its issues, but they put a lot of genres together and it really was some peanut butter and chocolate action. Like it went yeah. very well. It made they made a good game that I love yeah. to play. It's very true. So um yeah, I don't know. There's just not a big market for, you know, awesome story driven first person shooters right now, at least not out uh, not you know, outside of the indie space. Mm-hmm. But I would play it. I would play Titanfall three tomorrow. Yep. Like, also, yeah, like, and the multiplayer is great. Do more of that. Yeah, and honestly, mech games have always been a niche. Like, mm-hmm. I, and I say that as somebody who exclusively loves mech stuff. When I was into anime back in the day, it was mecha stuff. Yeah, you know, when I play, I uh, played Mech Warrior, starting with Mech Warrior Two. Uh, that got me into BattleTech. That got me into all the mech things that I love. Um, we have tickets to go see Macross. Yeah, I'm fucking like, we're, in. We're gonna go watch Macross plus a movie that I loved growing up. We're gonna yeah. go see it in the theater. That's gonna be absolutely fantastic. The last so, time I watched that, it was on a VH tape uh, that was bootlegged from a con that I borrowed from a friend in high school. Yep, that sounds about right. Yep. And just, yeah, mech things aren't that popular, so I could see, you know, EA and Respawn being like, well, do we really need to make a Titanfall 3? But we absolutely do. We need we do. that. Uh, the, the, there's a level in Titanfall 2 that's still one of the best first-person shooter levels ever made of all time. It includes, like, some Portal and everything else. Yeah, I've been told that uh, because I've never played Titanfall 2, I did play a lot of the first one. Yeah. Um, they were like, if you play nothing else, play the story. Yeah. Because the story in Titanfall is actually really good. And I'm it's like, very if, cool. If it's that good, then maybe we do need a Titanfall 3. Mm-hmm. I agree. We absolutely should get one. Dimensional Inc. Games, who created DC Universe Online, has announced they are working on a new Marvel-based MMO. Uh, DC Universe Online is currently celebrating its 10th anniversary and by all accounts is still going strong. What game is this? DC Universe Online? Yeah, so if you've never played it, I have. Okay. Um, uh, it was the base games have been released as free to play and mm-hmm. then the newer expansions are what you buy into. Okay. Um, basically it's, you play in several cities. So Metropolis or Gotham or other places. And it's just an, a generic MMO. I, I hate to say that about it, but it is right. where you create your ideal DC character. So my character in DC universe online mm-hmm. was a character who could fly, but was an archer. Okay. Right. A little bit like City of Heroes? Yeah, a little bit like City of Heroes. It really is carrying the City of Heroes torch. Okay. And if you're unfamiliar with City of Heroes, it was the first major superhero MMO that came out where you could just make whatever you wanted and just like if you want to be a mix between Cyclops and Wolverine, you can make that. Go go have fun, kids. That's kind of what DC Universe Online is doing. Okay. Okay. I can see it. I mean, if they're going to do one for Marvel, more power to them. It'll probably be very popular if it's any good. MMO is a pretty outdated genre outside of the mobile sphere so 
I, and it's I, not I don't even know. thriving that well in the mobile sphere. Yeah, as somebody who who did play the uh, recent Marvel MMO that came out, mm-hmm. like that, uh, it came out like two months ago. I played it for a, solidly for a week, and then I started noticing the player drop off happening at a very rapid fashion. MMO, like you were saying, is a dying genre. Mm-hmm. It's a very expensive genre to develop for. It's a very expensive genre to upkeep because yeah. you're doing server upkeep costs on top of everything else. Um, expansions are difficult to yeah. do unless you're one of the big ones unless you're final fantasy 14 right or if you're world, world of warcraft, warcraft and or, that's the end of the list well the right. guild wars 2 is there yeah there there's niche but dc uh uo has been going very strong for a very long time okay. and it's because specifically the dc universe online model is very player friendly mm-hmm. so you i think it's free to play i want to say completely free to play and you can play up to the current expansion for whatever it is for free. Okay. So when the new expansion comes out, they're like, hey, please buy our expansion. And they do have like, um, obviously like glamours and I, I forget what they, they're called, but skins and stuff. Oh, okay. For, yeah. For yeah. Armor. Cosmetic stuff. Yeah. Cosmetic stuff you can buy um, to the, just like up the prettiness of your character. Okay. Um, but for the most part, they always release up to the newest expansion for free. And then the new expansion, they say, hey, it's going to be like 20, 30 bucks or something like that. Gotcha. So, and then when the new expansion is announced that previous expansion becomes free to play. So it's a very, very player friendly model. And it's also multi-platform. It is available on PC. It's available on PlayStation. Like there's a reason why it's thriving, even though you and I have never really thought about this game or talked about it. Yeah. It's because it is so player friendly because anybody can just go pick it up. Anybody who just went and saw a DC movie, Mm -hmm. any kid who goes and sees a DC movie can download this game and just sit there and play it. Oh, that's fair. Okay. So it is meant for a wide range of audiences. It isn't, horribly difficult or anything like that it is meant to be accessible and a very chill mmo to play all right no that sounds great um yeah i I mean i i don't know if i i'll ever have the time again for an mmo i kind of i don't think i ever will just because like my backlog is too big of games that i can finish one day there's a new guilty gear character that came out this week and all i want to do is like drop everything go play guilty gear right now yep that's what ross has been doing (laughs) yeah i got him to play halo with me a little bit but yeah it's been mostly guilty gear uh, all right. And as always, as we do every week, it is time for Blizzard. Are you okay? Wah, wah, they're not. I'll hit you with the news and then we'll discuss it from there. Okay. Activision CEO Bobby Kotick has said that he will consider stepping down from the company if their internal issues are not fixed with, quote, speed. <clears throat> this is after the company's co-president, Jen O'Neill, stepped down after losing faith in the company um, for their ability to turn things around. Activision Blizzard has created a workplace responsibility committee uh, committee, sorry, uh, due to all the reports coming out about sexual harassment and discrimination within the company. This committee will, quote, require management to develop key performance indicators and or other means to measure progress and ensure accountability. Six straight state treasurers from California, Massachusetts, uh, Illinois, Oregon, Delaware, Nevada have sent a letter asking for the Activision Blizzard Board of Directors to have a meeting with them. Illinois State uh, Illinois State Treasurer Michael uh, Freach said that we are concerned that the current CEO and board directors don't have the skill set nor the conviction to institute the sweeping changes needed to transform their culture, restore trust with employees and shareholders and their partners. Unpack. Yeah. So, I mean, they're right. Uh, this, uh, 
obviously that what Bobby Kotick says means literally nothing mm. because he promised nothing and will do nothing. Mm. Um, on top of the stage, we also have internal memos and letters from Sony, Microsoft, and Nintendo now all saying, like, uh, y'all need to fucking get your fucking shit in shape. Mm -hmm. And which is about as hardcore as, like, corporate media gets when they start ribbing their contemporaries, basically. You can't just poke a bear like Activision Blizzard, right? You have to have some weight behind you. Yeah. But these people do. And everyone is really starting to notice that they don't have their house in order and they're all full of shit and the 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 change needs to come from the top down and the top is where the change is not happening right it's where the, the board the, of directors people are said keep bobby kotkin even yeah. though we have a history of him knowing about and covering up sexual harassment allegations and, and has been accused very credibly of some himself. Yeah. And you know, they're, they're probably all his, I mean, not to cast aspersions on people. I don't know what the fuck, but listen, it's all very corrupt from the top down in this billion dollar company. That's all about making money. So I'll say now to anyone listening and anyone who will listen, just stop buying their games. Stop buying Activision games. Stop buying Blizzard games. When Diablo 4 comes out, give them the middle finger. When the next uh, Call of Duty comes out, tell them to fuck themselves. Well, a lot of people are telling them to fuck themselves. Uh, yeah. Call of Duty, yeah. So. At, at, at this point, I will absolutely not be a party to anything Activision or Blizzard makes until yeah. there is massive change from the top down. Yeah. And then that all we can do is vote with our wallets. And all we can do is make the stock price fall so hard that everyone gets together and just votes the board out and they can go get back on the Epstein plane. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I feel awkward saying that as I sit in an Overwatch chair. <laughs> but uh, if you didn't know, and I think we may have mentioned this last time we were on the show, um, a bunch of reports did start coming out about the Overwatch team. Yeah. Um, and specifically when Jeff Kaplan was in charge. And they were like, yeah, by the way, guys... Um, we weren't a part of that. Like we are our own entity. We were very inclusive and made sure that everybody had a safe space to be, um, which was nice. It was nice. Yeah. Did, we, we heard reports from inside the, uh, the, the, the blizzard team while Jeff was still there that he managed to insulate the overwatch team from a lot of the, um, in air quotes, corporate bullshit that yeah. he saw going on with Activision. Yeah. And there's a lot to say here. I mean, obviously, um, all of these state treasurers coming in and being like, all right, y'all, like if, if the corruption's this bad inside the house, like we need to sit down and have a fucking meeting. Yeah. That's huge. Mm -hmm. Um, will anything come of it? I don't know. Cause right now it just feels like money versus people's well being is what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. Straight up. And money keeps winning and that looks real bad. And so the stock price keeps falling. Yep. So there's going to be less money. Yeah. So do we, we see where this is going. Do you honestly think that, um, people like Bobby Kotick, are kind of on a lifeline right now. I mean, fuck, I hope so. I mean, he could never work again and be fine for the rest of his life. No, he, he's not going to face any actual punishment for any of the shit he's done, which is a fucking tragedy. But I do think that as we get closer to people just straight up not buying their games anymore and universally downvoting anything that they see as far as AB media goes... Yeah, I, I think they're going to have to make some big changes. And if they don't, then fine. I'll never be one of their customers again. Yeah. You know, and That being said, I know that we kind of said this in previous weeks. Um, we do very much support the developers that are staying on over at Activision Blizzard. Yes, absolutely. Um, they are trying to fight the good fight. 
Um, we definitely support them 110%. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them want to see change come from inside the house. And it's, yeah. it's been really, really hard to see these. Uh, there's been a few posts that have been coming up just saying, you know, hey, I'm going to leave Blizzard. Like, it's it's too hard right now. And also the Internet's been coming down on them and mm-hmm. being like, you know, you work for Activision Blizzard. You're part of the problem. And they're like, but I'm not. I'm trying to make the, the company better. Yeah. Again, don't, don't. don't. Yeah. Your, your gripe is never with fellow laborers. Can we just like get like like knock that away from our thing? Internet. And I know it's hard to correct the Internet on anything. But right. like if you're if you're working for Activision Blizzard as a developer, as a writer, as a an artist as anyone who doesn't like called shots on what the company will be doing going forward stay take your money if no one buys the game you still got paid the entire time you developed it make it the best game you possibly can if that's how you want to win win that way that's great and if we don't buy your game and you end up working for another studio at least you have something in your portfolio and you got paid while you were making the game that's true All right, that is everything that we have for the news this week. We're going to take a small break, and when we come back, we'll be talking about the Game Awards in The Boss Room. Boss Room. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the show. This is The Boss Room, our main discussion for the podcast, sometimes related to the news, sometimes not. Next week is the Game Awards, one of our favorite times of the year. Mm -hmm. This week, we're going to be putting in our predictions and talk about why we think they have a shot. Now, we don't have time to go into every category, but we'll try and include all the big ones. That being said, um, we are not going to have a podcast proper next week. We are going to be trying to co-stream the Game Awards Mm -hmm. if we can. So you can come onto our channel when we go live, watch the Game Awards with us. We'll be sitting on a couch, drinking and you know, probably just cursing. A lot. Yeah. Lots of cursing, yeah. lots of pizza. Yeah. That, um, be a completely lots just, of positivity. Yeah. Uh, you know, so, good, so good come, times. And, come and join us. If we figured out how to do the live stream, we haven't even been close to figuring out how we're doing it yet, yep. but we'll figure it out. All right. So let's jump into our predictions. Yeah. First up best esports game. So our options are call of duty, mm-hmm. CS go Dota two league of legends or Valorant. Ooh. Um, yeah. So I've played some Valorant in my time. Mm-hmm. Um, I really do like it. Valorant feels to me like Counter-Strike felt uh, when it was like, you know, 2.0. Mm-hmm. It felt like very fast and snappy. The gunplay is like blink and you miss it. Yeah. Um, but all of the characters are heroes with their own personalities and their own abilities. Yeah. And while in Overwatch, a lot of abilities can be very offensive and even very damaging, um, in this game, they're all about tricks. Like some characters abilities are not game changers. Exactly. Abilities don't make you fight better. They make you more aware of the battlefield. Right. Uh, one of my favorite characters can set up cameras that he that you literally have to block your own vision to look at. Mm. Um, you can set up cameras that'll tell you that, you know, so you can see around corners where people are. He can set up little traps that will reveal you and, you know, that, that will reveal your position and slow you in place if you get locked in one, unless you shoot it. Um, but like, it, it's all just control of the battlefield visually. And that's what I love about it. And it's very quick, very, um, you know, fast paced action, split second decision, strategy and thinking. I would probably say that one. Although I have a feeling League of Legends is making a comeback this year for because the- no other reason than because of Arcane. Right. And if you haven't watched Arcane, you are missing the fuck out. Go to so- Netflix and watch it. Watch it on the 4K TV. And you don't have to. Um- you, oh, yeah. You don't have to. 
know anything about League of Legends because I knew literally nothing about League of Legends before watching Arcane. Just watch it. I'm pretty sure just watching Arcane will make you want to go check out League of Legends. That should be illegal. It's not a good game. Uh, (laughs) So I'm going to put my vote in for Valorant. Uh And it's only because today I watched uh, the big Valorant tournament that's going on right now. Um, Rockus from the Houston Outlaws is actually coaching the uh, North American team that's in it. And I am now a Valorant fan. Valorant is awesome. If you ever want to play Valorant, you know, we'll yeah. install that Riot Games launcher and yeah. go to town. My my only bias here is just because Rockus is in it. And I was like, I had a good time watching it. Yep. No, it's a cool ass game. Uh, best sports and racing game. Mm. We have F1 uh, 2021, FIFA 2022, Hot Wheels Unleashed, Forza Horizon 5, and Riders Republic. So... Um, I have heard nothing but great things about the Hot Wheels racing game. Really? Yes, I heard that I had it to is. Stop drinking because yeah, of the shock of what. Yeah, you I have heard that that game is very, very fun, okay. like Mario Kart fun. Wow. Yeah, I, it like and it like the, the the scale is perfect and it does the like tilt shift to where these really do feel like Hot Wheels and micro machines really? going around tracks. It comes with a track builder, like a cool track builder. And the, you are blowing my mind. Yeah, right now. And, and the worlds are like l- like this room, but at like a like a micro machine scale, and you can build a ramp up onto the table and loop around the TV or on wow. the wall. Like it, it seems very very cool. Well, now I want to go buy the game. And play you it. probably should. Um, that being said, it's going to be Forza Five. You think so? Forza Five is going to take it because not only is it on Game Pass, which means a lot of people can play it, mm. but apparently as racers go, it is just like that you know amazing i haven't played it myself i haven't played any racers this year right. myself so i'm not a not, not a racing game fan i'm voting for forza yeah but as far as i can tell it's going to be forza but i do hope it's hot wheels yeah I, 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 i'm in the same boat it's probably forza mm. but hot wheels please win it because mm-hmm. that would just be the most giant fuck you to everybody it right? would be Best sim strategy game. Our options are Age of Empires 4, Evil Genius 2, World Domination, Humankind, Inscription, and Microsoft Flight Simulator. Oh, fuck. Uh, This is a hard category. That is hard. Um, If I see Inscription, I'm going to vote for Inscription, though. I've actually played Inscription, Mm -hmm. and everyone should play Inscription. I'm saying the word too much. But yes, play Inscription. Like... As soon as I get done with Alan Wake, I'm yeah. going to be playing it. Like, oh, like, play this game. Um, even just play a little bit of it before the Game Awards. It's not very expensive. Definitely pay full price for it. The guy put his heart and soul into this game, and you can feel it playing yeah. it. Yeah. It's very indie. Um, it's so cool. And uh, despite ev- uh, a lot of other cool choices on that list, I hope it's Inscription. I hope it's Inscription, but my vote's going to be for Age of Empires 4. Yeah. I yeah, like I, I heard really good things about it before. I feel like that's the natural pick. People have been waiting ages for uh, it, oh, literally. Dude, I think it was in high school when the last Age of Empires came out. Yeah. yeah. So I think that might get it. All right, best fighting game. Let's throw down on this one. Well, it's going to be Guilty Gear. Uh, like, I don't even you need to read me the things. <laughs> Demon Slayer, Guilty Gear Strive, uh, Melty Blood Type Lumina, Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl and Virtual Fighter Ultimate uh, Showdown. A new Melty Blood came out? Yeah. Wow. That's Okay, yeah. If you want if you want a trip, Google and or Twitch 
some melty blood right now. Mm-hmm. That is a old school, like at least the first one was very like 2D sprite based. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, lots of anime sensibilities, lots of interesting characters. So that's all very cool. But it is it's going to be here and gear. deserves to be Guilty Gear. Yeah. They they did things with that game that I mean it's 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 awesome. If you like fighting games and you haven't played Guilty Gear, then you haven't been able to play any video games because you're not playing <laughs> your favorite game right now. Exactly. Most anticipated game. Well, that's tough. Elden Ring, mm. God of War Ragnarok, Horizon Forbidden West, the sequel to Breath of the Wild. I mean, it's Elden Ring. You think it's Elden Ring? Yeah. I mean, a lot. Of, I, I think. I'm just liking that we're agreeing so much on this. One. Yeah. I think the people are going to. Everyone's going to have their own choice. Mm. And everyone has their own thing. And, and, and the hard part about these is that two of them come out in February. Right. So, and so, look, I know what's going to happen with Elden Ring is it's going to come out and I'm going to wait for you and Ross so that we can all play it together. And every second I'm waiting when I'm not playing Elden Ring, I'm going to be playing Horizon Forbidden West with all my heart and soul because the first game to me is a masterpiece and I cannot wait for the second one. Um, Yeah, that is going to take up all of my brain space and time. Um, I do love, I, I, I do, I cannot wait for Elden Ring though. If you guys haven't been, um, you know, cause you're trying to keep away from spoilers, uh, Vati has been posting his, um, like network test like plays and just trying to do like some PVP, not really trying to like do stuff and spoil things, right. but just looking for people to fight. And, ah, uh, it just looks like so much fun. Absolutely. It I'm looks super excited. About it. So cool. I, I have to say Elden Ring at this mm-hmm. point, the, the hype train is too real. Like I'm on the hype train and I'm there and I get that I'm biased because I am a, a souls born lover, mm-hmm. but man, Elden Ring, it's yep. gotta be just everybody's people who have never played a souls game before mm-hmm. seem to be excited for Elden Ring. And that excites me even more yeah you know what's funny is the last game awards was the first full gameplay we've seen of elden ring yeah it's true yeah and here we are uh only a couple months a uh, two months now away from release yeah. oh best, it's been a journey best role-playing game mm. cyberpunk 2077 mm. monster hunter rise mm. scarlet nexus shin megami tensei 5 or tales of arise fuck that's that's tough it's a tough list that is tough um, I've heard good things about Shimigami Tensei. I haven't played it, uh, no. at all yet. Um, in fact, I don't know anybody who has, uh, it, your friends that have switches. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I've heard a lot of great things about Tales from Arise as well. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's a Tales of game, so those are always widely popular. Yeah, exactly. And I don't know anything about those either. Um, I don't think it's going to be cyberpunk while, but I, there are a lot of things to like about that game. The uh, role-playing is me. Okay. Um, I don't know, man. My vote was going to be Monster Hunter Rise. Monster Hunter Rise... Uh, I've never liked Monster Hunter games as role-playing, but this is the, a straight-up RPG yeah, version of Monster RPG, Hunter. Yeah, um, yeah uh, I'm probably going to go with... Uh, No, no. What was the one before Tales of? Uh, it's uh, Shimigami Tensei. Yeah, I'm probably gonna go with Shimigami. Shimigami right, Tensei. I can see that. I That's feel like that is an award grabbing game for all right. sure. I'm gonna go Monster Hunter on that one. All, all right. right, all right. Best action adventure game: Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, Metroid Dread, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, mm. Resident Evil Village, and Psychonauts 2. Ooh, this is tough. And now this is action adventure. 
Uh, action adventure. Action yeah. adventure. This is a tough one. I. Mm, that's tough. I I think I have to go for action adventure, and this is only if I get to vote for Psychonauts two again. Mm-hmm. If it if it comes up in another category, I will pick Ratchet and Clank for this. Okay, because uh, Ratchet and Clank is just. Like, one of the most polished children's games I've ever seen. Sure. That game can be fun for everybody. It is gorgeously made. It is gorgeously produced. Everything you do in that game is a lot of fun. Like, mm-hmm. every action you take, the way the controller vibrates, because it's got the whole dual sense thing. Sure. Um, you know, every gun you fire feels different when you fire it. It is such, such a wonderful game. My vote is going to be for Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. Okay. Only because... While I haven't played it, Mm -hmm. all of the reviews I've heard from online and from friends, they're just like, I don't understand why nobody's playing this. It's just brilliant. No, it is. It's the best. Okay, so it's the best Guardian story I've ever seen. Apparently, when it went on sale over Black Friday, Mm -hmm. because they have the cost of it or something, it was like 20 bucks instead of 40 or something. Okay, yeah. The sales of that game went up by 419%. Good. Good. More people should play that game. I haven't finished it, but I'm like 90% of the way through it. And yeah, it's amazing. Uh, Definitely play it. It, It's a lot of fun. It's one of those, like, I don't know. It's the best. It's the closest we'll ever get to a Marvel uh, visual novel. Um, And and it's not that. There are action sequences and the combat is serviceable. But every time we start, I start fighting in the game, I can't wait to get back to the part where all the characters are talking to each other and having a good time. I love that about it. Yeah. That's fantastic. It's it's so cool that I can't wait to play it. After Inscription, that's what I'm playing. There you go. You got got your December list. I've got my December list. Best action game. Back for Blood, Chivalry 2, Deathloop, Far Cry 6, or Returnal? Mm. My vote is for Returnal. Yeah? Yeah. My, my vote is absolutely for Returnal. I yeah. had more, like, you know, edge-of-my-seat, hair-raising moments in that game than mm-hmm. anything else I played over the last year, for sure. Uh, more deaths that, you know, really upset me, but really I'm upset at myself for not being good enough to play the game well. Um, what is it you love about Returnal? Because Returnal's a game where... Um, it's in that that genre. Yes, of- it, it Returnal's a roguelite. It, it is, uh, you know, every time you die, you reset all the yeah. way back to the beginning. And to complete a run is not to finish the game because there are things you need to do depending on how your run goes to unlock more and more of the story. Yeah. And there are bosses that will blow your entire mind. There are, you know, all kinds of platforming challenges. The random nature of it makes for... Uh, the great roguelite tendency to have some runs that are just okay, some runs you can salvage toward the end, and some runs that start off so well that they just snowball all throughout the game. Yeah. And yeah, I loved Returnal. Like every, every minute I spent with it, it's one of the few games I've played since the beginning of the year that I've gone back and played again mm-hmm. um, and easily just fallen directly back into. Okay. So for me, looking at this list, it's a tough list. Mm-hmm. It's a tough list. I don't want to give Far Cry credit because Ubisoft is not a good company and Fuck should, Ubisoft, not, should yeah. not be given credit for things because mm-hmm. they harbor sexual predators. Yes, they do. Um, my honest, 
I want to say Deathloop. Yeah. I love Arcane, and this is me. This is my yeah. bias coming out. Oh yeah. Because we're in Austin. Arcane is here. Yep. And they make um, amazing games. They make amazing games. And Deathloop like, is one of them. Deathloop is it's a game where you you know repeat the same several hours over and over again. You learn new things every time that you play it. Yep. Obviously, with games like Hades, we found that that's kind of a niche thing that we're super into now. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that the style of Deathloop. The Tarantino ness of Deathloop. Yeah, really. yeah, it's got that almost, uh, you know, that like, like hip. It's grindhouse, like, grindhouse aesthetic to it. Uh, yeah, it feels a little bit like Team Fortress Two in that yeah. way. Yeah, I feel like Deathloop is a good contender for this one. I, I'm going to put my vote. And in the action, the, what? Yeah, what I've played of Deathloop, the action was phenomenal. So yeah, I can't count it out. Sure. Best debut indie game. We have uh, Kina's uh, Bridge of Spirits. Sable, The Artful Escape, The Forgotten City, and Valheim. Mm. I have a feeling The Forgotten City is going to win. Okay. Just based on its reputation, which has been very, it's absolutely glowing. Mm-hmm. Based off of a Skyrim mod, a Skyrim really? mod that was so good that someone wasn't happy with it just being a Skyrim mod and wow. paid the guy to make the I, game. I did not know that. Thank yeah. you. Uh, Forgotten City supposed to be very cool. It is a walking simulator, mm-hmm. um, but one of the one of the great ones that really breaks through the zeitgeist from like this was a fun tour and like a neat story to like holy fuck y'all need to play this. Yeah. So I have a feeling the Forgotten City is going to get it. But um, name me my choices again: uh, Kina, uh, Sp- uh, Bridge of Spirits, mm-hmm. Sable, The Artful Escape, Forgotten City, and Valheim. As far as premieres go. Best debut indie game. Best debut indie game. I think it should probably be Kenna Bridge of Spirits. Mm-hmm. Um, now, obviously, that this was a very, very high budget indie game, and I'm using it in air quotes because yeah. this game had animation to rival a Pixar studio. Mm-hmm. The game was I watched gorgeous. You play it and I was yeah. just. Yeah, the game was gorgeous and full of detail and full of interesting characters that were talking. And yeah, I played that game in probably like three days time, just plowed all the way through it, having the time of my life. And then I'm really sad about Sable because Sable was really, really Mm. good too. Like there's so many bangers in this category. Sable is a game... Um, and I don't know how to explain it without it sounding boring. And it's mostly due to the incredible art style. But Sable is a game where it's like coming of age story. It's finally time for you to leave the village. And you have to make your own little hovercraft so you can fly across the desert in this beautiful color palette with this amazingly chill music. As you wander around from place to place and meet someone and do something for them. And it's a very simple chore. And it's not like the MMO style, like, fetch me ten bear asses and you go kill things. <laughs> no one's going to kill anything in this game. Okay. And you can feel comfortable knowing no one's going to ask you to kill anything in this game. No bear asses. No bear game. asses whatsoever. It's like, oh, hey, I'm missing a few parts, but there's a wrecked ship over there that's been there for centuries. But I bet you it has the part I need. Mm-hmm. Will you go climb on that thing and get me the part I need? And the entire game is the like simple chores you're doing to make the lives of people around you better and that is how the village sends you out into the world to go and be of service that's my power fantasy right there my power fantasy is being able to help other people yeah and it's just super chill and super fun and the art style is amazing you can customize your hovercraft to make it like faster or sleeker or turn better Mm -hmm. and it's just you know customizing how you move around the world because all of the game is moving around the world and I said art style a lot but the art style I cannot stress this enough like if you live in 
New Mexico, you should play this game. <laughs> like, I don't know. There's something about the color palette. But yeah, I, I don't know. It's really hard to decide in this category. I want Sable to win. I want Kenna to win. I think the Forgotten City might win. And even though I haven't played it, I think it might deserve it. So you're going to go with Forgotten City? I think Forgotten City is my prediction. I'm going to go a little off the rails with this one, and mm. I'm going to say Valheim. Okay. Um, it was a game that, and I don't know what the user base is like right now, but when that game came out, all of the people I knew were obsessed with it. Yeah, It agreed. was just a, all let's get together. Let's, it's a game where it's a survival game, yep. right? It's all about building your, your, uh, your village. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all done in a very Norse style. Yep. And it's all about just like, um, you know, communication and community and like being together. And I think that right now, even though the world has tried to be a little bit saner, we're still, still a little bit disparate right now. Yep. And so Valheim was an op- uh, an opportunity for people to just get together and say like, Hey, let's build a society. Yeah. That's like, okay, this time. So that's kind of what I was going for that one. But I, I, I feel like I might be wrong, mm-hmm. but that's where my, that's where my heart no, that's goes. Fair. It's a good prediction. Best community support. I thought this was an interesting category, actually. Okay. So our options are Apex Legends, Destiny 2, Final Fantasy XIV, Fortnite, or No Man's Sky. Who has the best community support? Ooh. That's tough. No Man's Sky really, like, kicked... Like, it's... uh, From everything that I hear, Destiny has amazing community support. Mm -hmm. Um, But No Man's Sky did, like, finish their game this year. Right. Like, this is, like... The final patch. Yeah, the, the game now is what they wanted it to be when it launched, and the community dove in, and apparently they had a lot of communication with the devs during this entire process. And yeah. The evangelists for the game, the people who always loved it, are like, you guys don't understand. This game is great now. Come play it. Yeah. And I do kind of really want to. Okay. Uh, for me, I'm going to go with Final Fantasy fourteen. That's a little bit of a bias just mm-hmm. because I did play it in the past. Yeah. But also I've seen what the community support's been like for them. I mean, right now, Endwalker is about to release. Yeah, yeah they, I think as, they just dropped as, it, didn't they? As we are talking. And I'm pretty yeah. sure all of my friends are logging on right now to play the new the new expansion. So that's where I'm going to go is Final Fantasy fourteen. All right, ready for another hard one? Yes. Best independent game. Oh, God. Our options are Death's Door, Kena, Bridge of Spirits, Inscription, Loop Hero, and 12 Minutes. Okay, so not 12 Minutes. <laughs> okay, we both played 12 Minutes. So you think yes, it's not we 12 did. Minutes? I don't think it's 12 Minutes. I think... You think Willem Dafoe just was I not think good there's enough. I think if you've played the game, you know why I'm saying it's not twelve minutes. And if you haven't It's kind of fucked up, y'all. Ju- just play the game. But it's like I don't up. think anyone who could review this game would say this is the best indie game this year. Because for a game driven entirely by story. I mean, play it if you're gonna. I don't recommend you do, but play it if you're gonna. It's on Game Pass. It's on Game Pass. You, you if you've got you, know, it, it's like a two three the hour. Story, experience. The game itself is fun. Story is way fucked up. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And, and it can be tough, especially in the age of COVID, where we kind of want our media to be a little more chill. It, it is would not chill. Not, there is, the is nothing chill. chill. As soon as you're like, wow, I really have killed myself a lot over the course of this and watch myself die and watch someone murder my wife. And this has been a bit hard, but at least now I'm close to the end. Let's see what the next. Ah! And yeah, yeah, it's not going to be 12 minutes. Um, and nobody who has played 12 minutes to the end is going to vote for it for best indie game. 
Um, so Death's Door. Death's Door. Keener Bridge of Spirits. Inscription. Yes. Loop Hero. Twelve minutes. That's difficult. I did want to play Loop Hero. I never did because I was working, but um, I do want to play Loop Hero. I might play it before. Um, before the ninth, before this time next week when we watch the thing. I have been playing Death's Door, and while I don't know if I would call it the best indie game, it is the, the soundtrack alone is worth the price of admission. Buy the game and then just play it so you can hear the soundtrack. It's that good. That's, that's an amazing, yes. glowing recommendation from Hector. Yeah, I would put it right up there next to Ori in the Blind Forest, The Will of the Wisps. So I would that put it next is, to Journey. That's huge. That's amazing. Yeah, like this is a wonderful soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it just, it yeah, it, it's great. And it's ever-changing, ever-flowing. You always feel it more than you hear it. As Even the, though you do really say, hear it, it slaps. It slaps hard, <laughs> um, but I don't think it's the best indie game. Simply Ooh, because uh, wow, you you're so divisive in this category. It's I not it. uh, so the while the combat can be fun, mm. it's too simplistic and it's too easy. Okay, um, it might be Inscription. Inscription is a massive mind fuck, okay. and I would really love for a indie CCG to win best indie game i really would yeah um i want to go with inscription for this one okay yeah i'm gonna go with death's door yeah the art style the music the personality of it mm-hmm. i feel like it's so vibrant oh yeah these, the little crow these, is way too cute yeah these crows that are just like you know they're grim the reapers which is so on the nose it's fun again yeah it's absolutely adorable and i think that there's a lot i wanted to go with 12 minutes just to be like the contrarian here. yeah because we lost our control. We did. R.I.P. Uh, but I got to go with Death Store. I think that, that it has so much personality that it's worth taking a look at. Mm-hmm. Best audio design. Death Loop, uh, Forza Horizon 5, Ratchet and Clank, Rift Apart, Resident Evil Village, or Returnal. Best audio design. Oh. Well, fuck. I didn't know Returnal was on there. I, I would have probably gone with... Um, I probably would have gone with Deathloop, mm-hmm. um, maybe RE Village, sure, but uh, I think it has to be Returnal. Okay. If nothing else, and and this is kind of a cheat. It's kind of a cheat, but when different sounds that tell me what's going on with the game come out of my controller than out of my speakers, that's good fucking audio design. When you make the controller a feature I can't live without while I'm playing the game. Not an added bonus like, oh, that's neat, but like, uh, oh, my controller did a thing and now I know to fucking move my ass so I don't die. Like, I I wish other games had that, so I think I have to go with Returnal. I'm going to go with Returnal as well, for all of those reasons. It's just absolutely fantastic. Mm -hmm. Uh, Best score in music. We have Cyberpunk 2077, Deathloop, Near Replicant version. I'm not even going to say those numbers. (laughs) Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy or The Artful Escape. Oh. Best soundtrack? This is best score in music. Best score in music. So I'm going to go with this one. Um, originally, I wanted it to be Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, it's got to be Guardians, right? It absolutely has to be Guardians. I think it might but be. I think it might be Nier. Well, okay. So Nier has a haunting score. You'll go, you, okay. You've never played Nier, and I haven't. But it's a story about what it means to be human. Mm-hmm. 
right? It, there's these uh, robots that are trying to exist, in, you know, in a war-torn civilization, and every song in the near soundtrack is haunting because it's meant to really like provoke a certain emotion in you. Yeah. And and for anyone who knows who's familiar with Yokotaro games knows that all of his soundtracks are literally god tier. Yeah. Like they uh, yeah, it's uh, the, the the soundtrack is part of the game and again I haven't played um a replicant, you know. Uh no, I did I I played Automata. I didn't play I didn't replicant. play the original. Yeah. I didn't play Replicant, which was a re remake. It was a remake of the yeah. original with like extra added stuff into it. Like a million added things. Yeah. So, um yeah, I could see going with that. I really could. Um, I I kind of I kind of have to go with Guardians, okay. just because the soundtrack is just banging. It, it is, yeah. There, there was never there, there's never a moment in that game where the music is playing that I'm not doing this while I'm playing, right. and it takes a lot for a game to make me forget myself while and just playing. Bob your head and bop, yeah. yeah. Uh, real quick, we'll knock this one out fast. Best art direction: uh, Death Loop, Kena, Bridge of Spirits. Psychonauts 2, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, The Artful Escape. Art direction. Yep. Mm. I'm going Deathloop. I'm just I'm not even gonna justify it. It's Tarantino-esque. I think that that wins it. Um I would I I would probably go Psychonauts 2, but I also want to go Kenna Bridge of Spirits because all the art in that is absolutely wonderful and everything yeah. fits within the game. But I I think Psychonauts 2 might might actually be my game of the year, so we'll find oh, out. Oh, wow. Yeah. I'm impressed. All right. Best ongoing game. So uh, live service games. Mm -hmm. We have Apex Legends, Call of Duty Warzone, Final Fantasy XIV, Genshin Impact, or Fortnite? Oh, I'm going to go FF14. I'm going 14. Mm -hmm. the, hands down. Yeah. The community has blown up so much over the last year. Yeah. It's just... They just released a, a, a big expansion to huge numbers. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's going to happen. Best multiplayer, Back for Blood, Knockout City, It Takes Two, Monster Hunter Rise, New World, or Valheim? I'm going Valheim with this one. I want to go back for blood. You want to go back for blood? I want to go back for blood. Yeah? I've played some. I've played a lot of back for blood. Mm -hmm. Not a lot, a lot. I'd say a middling amount. I would like to play more, but I need friends to play with me because every I'm, time well, I'm I trying join, to install it, but the stupid yeah. app is oh yeah, install it. Yeah, fucking did, did Game Pass fix your shit? Um, but yeah, uh, we, jumping in is like jumping into a game of uh, Left 4 Dead, which right. is great. All your friends are there, and all of a sudden you're shooting zombies with your own kit. It's awesome. Uh, it's the best, some of the best multiplayer I've played this year. I do want to give a shout out to Knockout City. It's dodgeball. Right. You can have a team of three and up to three teams on a map, and you're just literally playing dodgeball. There are balls all over the map. There are different kinds of balls that do different things. You like, just want you know, balls like a, everywhere. There's balls everywhere. In There's lots face. of different ways you can just throw balls. the ball. You can catch any ball thrown at you. you so if the ball handling physics is very important. The, there is the, like it, it, the ball handling physics is a remarkable. There are more features to ball can handling than you would imagine. Can you hold multiple balls at once? Or yes. Wow. You can use a ball you're holding to block a ball that's wow. coming at you. Wow. And that powers up your ball to throw it faster at the I next I do like guy. to power up my balls. Yes. And there's a lot of ball power-ups. Yeah. I, I am down for all of this. I need yes. to sit down with you and yeah. we can play with just, our balls let's together. Just juggle some balls. Let's yeah. do it. But you don't think that's going to be your I would like player. it to be, but I want it to be more than that. I want it to be back for blood. Okay. 
best narrative. This is going to be interesting. We're almost done, by the way. Death Loop. It takes two. Life is Strange, True Colors, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, or Psychonauts 2. Mm. Best narrative. I have to go with Guardians. Really? Yeah. I'm going to go with Life is Strange. That's fair. Yeah. Life Uh, is Strange is such a narrative-driven experience, mm -hmm. and they always touch on very sensitive subjects. Mm I I can't remember if True Colors was the one, but there's a lot of um, LGBT. Uh, yes, there's quite a lot of that. They're, they're mm-hmm. in there. So I want to give my vote to it just for that. Mm. Um, and, and maybe I'm incorrect and maybe uh, guardians is better, but maybe I haven't played, uh, that one, which is why yeah. I didn't vote for it. But, um, I hope to, I, I mean to, but I, the, the thing about guardians is when I went into the game, I was thinking like, this will be a game trying very hard to tell a story as well as they did Guardians 1, right? Or maybe even yeah. Guardians 2. I feel like 2 is better in my opinion. Uh, yeah, no, no. As far as story goes, I agree. Like, they're, they're going to try and live up to that, but it's a video game. Like, you know, they're not going to do great. I like all of these versions of the characters better than the Mar- better than the MCU ones. Wow. Yes. Wow. This is the best version of these characters getting along I've ever seen. I love all of their jokes. They have extra extra personality quips that like i i just i love them so much and what like when you dive into these characters when you get to know them the way that quill gets to know them you figure out why they act the way they do on the battlefield and it just endears you to them more gamora has this thing where she's always making terrible puns she doesn't do this really in the mcu at all But when she fights and when they're in combat, she makes really terrible puns. And at one point, she explains to you why she does. And you're like, aw. But the whole time, she's been making me laugh because she's like such a fucking psychopath and a killer. But, you know, it's like she'll kill someone by running them through and be like, oh, look, you're full of holes. You're holy. It's just, oh, Oh, God. There's like, there's a bit where like you land in some sludge and you're all like up to your like waist in it. And she does a cool ninja flip out to get away from it. And she looks up at you. She's like, you in a jam, boys? Like, like it's it's wow. too good. Wow. It's too good. Yeah, right. that, I, I I love this. I love the narrative in this game. All right, we got two left. Okay, ready? Best game direction: Death Loop, It Takes Two, Returnal, Psychonauts Two, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. Best game direction: Psychonauts Two. You think so? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. You know, far be it for me to. Uh, uh, you know, a jump so quickly on the uh, uh, Tim train here, mm-hmm. but um, what is it about Psychonauts that really strikes you as best game direction? Uh, you know, what really gets me about Psychonauts too. The reason I think it might be my game of the year is because I played Ratchet and Clank: A Rift Apart, and because I really like action platformers in general. Mm-hmm. Now, all of these games, all of the ones I can think of, Hat in Time, especially the Mario games, especially the Mario games, they can be very difficult to master mechanically, but they're all in the direction and the story and everything are designed for children. Mm-hmm. And like Schaefer and co and decided to get together and make one of these games for adults. Mm-hmm. And, the levels are all hyper interesting. When you go into someone's mind, you learn things about them and the level 
is their trauma. The level isn't like made up of themes of their trauma. In so many of these games, you have the ice level and the lava level and the desert level and the forest level. And in the, the, one of the very first levels that you go into a person's mind for is th this woman who's like has this bureaucratic relationship with the, you know, uh, uh, psych society and has been passed up for promotions with other people stealing her ideas and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. And as you move through it, you accidentally, while you're in her brain, manipulate her thought process and send her off the deep end. And there's so much going on. And it's all told through level design. It's all told through things you do in the game, not exposition and people talking at you. Right. It's so, so cool and so well designed and so well told. And it is an action platformer for adults. And don't get me like like there there it has its issues. The combat isn't great, but I don't think it was really the point of the game. Yeah. But yeah, uh, Psychonauts 2 for game direction for me. Okay. This is a hard category. Mm -hmm. But I'm gonna go with I think I'm going to go with Deathloop. I can see why. It's such a guided experience. Yes. And it, it is... The puzzle part is so interesting. Yeah. So, so interesting. Figuring out why you're reliving the day over and over again. Mm -hmm. Trying to decipher the best way to navigate. Because while it's a first-person shooter, mm -hmm. at the end of the day, it is a puzzle game. Mm -hmm. Right? You're shooting people as part of how you solve the puzzle. Yep. But it isn't a game that requires you to be the best at shooting to get through it. Right. right. There's this there's this awesome thing that happens in Deathloop that most people who have played it have described where um and it goes back to a really great short story I read because of a Jacob Geller video uh, based on the same talk at, uh, topic. But it's about the nihilism of time loop stuff. Mm -hmm. um, it's uh, you know you can go back to Groundhog's Day, and at first you know uh, Bill Murray's really freaked out, and by the end of it he's just punching people in the face and walking by, and that's kind of how it is. When I started playing Deathloop, I was sneaking. I was trying to, you know, not fight anybody. By, like, my third or fourth loop, I was, like, like teleporting up into the sky and landing on a dude and, like, scaring all of his friends while I headshotted them. Like, teleporting shit to me so I could throw it in another dude's face. And You're then so tired just, of like, the bullshit at that point. Yeah, right? and then just, like, fucking off up, up the platform. Like, yeah. Like, you play it like a completely different person. Can we just mention person. the fact that we have, like, several games on this list this year that are all time loop games? Yeah, like, that's, that's true. That's the genre that that's, we're uh, really into that's, right that's, now. The, that's the genre of life we're living <laughs> in right now. That is true. Good lord. Yep. All right. Yeah, game so Deathloop is a good choice. Game of the year. Mm -hmm. The big one. Mm -hmm. The whole salami. Yep. We have Deathloop. Mm -hmm. It Takes Two. Mm -hmm. Metroid Dread. Psychonauts 2. Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart or Resident Evil Village? Now, it's sad that I'm not voting at all for Resident Evil Village. Um, it, it probably should have gotten Best Art Direction, if, but I'm really? not sure it was yeah. nominated. Okay. Yeah, it was I, I don't remember that being on it the list. I would have called it Best Art Direction if it was in there yeah. because, God, it was so gorgeous. Yeah. Um, Can't wait to play it. Yeah, but for me... Uh, the most interesting game that I played this year was definitely Psychonauts 2. Psychonauts 2? Yeah, that was right. probably my best experience. Psychonauts 2 is a solid choice. Um, I feel like I'm being redundant here, but I personally think that it might be Deathloop. Yeah, I could see that. 
I think they are both very solid games that were creatively so vastly different. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the best thing about video games, right? Like games get to be these extremes of like one thing or another. Yeah. Like that's the beauty of the, the art of the media. Mm-hmm. Um, and so death loop is so different than psychonauts and both of them standing next to each other. I go, I could see both of you getting game of the year. Yeah. Right? The question that has to be asked at that point was to me was how many people picked it up and how many people played it. Yeah. And I feel in my heart, more people played Deathloop than probably Psychonauts too. For sure. Yeah. And that's what made my bias towards mm-hmm. that. Okay. Yeah. I could see that. These are all excellent choices, though. They are. Yeah. We we've had especially in the time of like COVID and like we, we could have gotten a lot less. We could um, we, we did get a lot of back. yeah. We did get a lot of interesting time loop games. You recently played the corridor. Oh, and it, which my God. isn't I didn't exactly even mention that. Which isn't exactly a time loop game, but it's kind of a loop game if you think about it. It is one of the it's best more like games a it's starting played. the game loop game. <laughs> if you've never played the corridor, you can get it for like a dollar or two on Steam. It is one of the most hilarious best games that I've ever played thank you for purchasing that for me oh yeah holy crap that game um but yeah like all of these are excellent choices Mm -hmm. and i honestly you you hit it on a very good point we should be happy that we've gotten such great choices for game of the year because games are being pushed back yeah by a Um, lot you know we are at a point where developers are working from home Mm -hmm. they're also being very uh, conscientious of like their own work-life balance um, to have this many great games on the list mm-hmm. is just a blessing at this point. The fact that we get to debate what the, the nitty gritty of game of the year is by these choices is, is just absolutely amazing. Yep. And whether or not who wins come yeah. game awards time, there were all fantastic games that came out this year. Yeah. And one of the things that I'm excited for, and I know it's horrible to say this is that, Yes, I'm happy at all the things that we got to see this year. Mm-hmm. I am happy that a lot of games got pushed back next year. Mm-hmm. And yes, I want to play games as much as the next person, but a lot of developers have realized we should push our games back for the mental health and the physical health of our employees. Yes, and for the quality of our and, games. And for the quality of our games. Yeah. And that it it ultimately will actually make us sell more games when we release a better quality product yeah um yeah psychonauts is a great example of that hades is a great example of that we had a lot of games pushed back into february and some who were originally pushed back into february pushed themselves farther away because elden Elden ring Ring. is there and yeah i mean yes and always always delay your games if if you can make a better game come out later make the better game people yeah, take care of your people. Um, okay, so do we have, and I don't think you have anything about this in your notes, do you have any predictions for world premieres? Because you know Jeff likes his world premieres. You are going off script, sir. Mm-hmm. Let's do this. Right. This is a brand new world we're in with just the two of us. Yeah. World premieres, there is a rumor floating around right now that Chrono Cross is going to be getting a remake. Really? And that I think Square Enix will premiere the Chrono Cross remake at the game awards dude okay okay that sounds pretty great i'd be into that yeah yeah um damn that's better than anything i had i don't think that we're gonna be so everybody wants to make the obvious prediction of like hey bloodboard 2 yeah bloodboard 2 would be great i don't think so i think with elden ring 
about to launch, mm -hmm. the focus needs to be on Elden Ring, and they would never drop a trailer for Bloodborne 2. Yeah. I would love to see a new Bluepoint game. Maybe that's a Bloodborne remake. Maybe that's so that something like that. Bloodborne remake from Bluepoint. I could see that trailer. Yeah. I'd love to see some big stuff from Sony, um, just because it's been a little while since they, since they dropped a game on us. Yeah. Um, so you don't, you don't think Jeff Keighley's going to go completely off script and just announce like Hentai Simulator Five? Uh, maybe, I mean, probably <laughs> not. No. Um. Oh, over under on him saying literally anything about Activision or Ubisoft? Not going to say anything. N nothing. No. He's gotten he's gotten pretty controversial up there before. He has. He has. I think that he will speak to game workers' rights, but not specifically call it a company. Okay. Well, he he called out Konami. Uh, when they did the whole thing with Kojima. Yeah, but Kojima's his BFF. Yeah, very true, very true. I, I yeah. think that we might get a Kojima hint, though. Oh, yeah. Oh, Kojima, that's true. Oh, maybe, maybe some, something happen. from Kojima Studios. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. I like it. Yeah. It's going to be a good time. Y'all should join us. Yeah, so we're going to try to figure out how to do all this stuff. Uh, please join us on our Twitch, which is twitch.com slash goodnight.gg. I think is, or sorry, a uh, twitch.tv G slash GNGG cast. Mm -hmm. I, by the way, have never done this part of the show. <laughs> Please bear with me while I do this. Uh, join me on Twitter at twitter.com uh, at GNGG cast. So you can talk to me throughout the week about just random video game or whatever BS. I'm always on there. Mm -hmm. um, we are on Patreon. So uh, patreon.com slash GNGG cast. Um, Please like, if you want to just give us a dollar, there are going to be exclusive episodes. We are working on more of them. Life has just been crazy. Mm -hmm. um, I need to script this part for next time, so I'm not tripping over myself. That's okay. So okay. I'm going to go ahead and do the sign-off. Um, until next week for... Uh, it's going to be weird. For Hector, this is James. And for James, this has been Hector. Everyone, good night. And good game. Greetings, adventures, and welcome to GNGGcast. <laughs>